Hello, my name is Christina, and thank you for checking in to the Home for Weirdos Seas. This is a podcast where our friend and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. Today, our guest is my friend Sky. Sky, how are you doing today? I'm doing lovely, and I'm very excited to talk to you about my OC. Oh, I know you are. <laughs> you, you've only, you've only like texted me about this like five times that since we, since I started putting up this idea. About right, yeah. Well, like I heard your first episode with your first guest, and I was like, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. There's so much to tell you. So, because <laughs> uh, honestly, the guy I want to talk about covers the. Good, the bad, and the self-insert. So, got yeah. all your bases covered. Very. That's always good to know. So then, since you've given him a lovely introduction, what are we going to be talking about today, Sky? Well, today we're going to be talking about my superhero character. Uh, he goes by the code name of Nightlight. And I know where and what Nightlight is from and for. But uh, for the listeners, would you mind giving them a little bit of a context as to where Nightlight exists? Hmm. Well, this could be a little bit tricky. Would you like me to go into the the far back story of this character? No, like, what is <laughs> Nightlight for? Well, uh, as of right now, I am using him primarily in our Worlds of Peril uh, RPG he is my superhero counterpart, and he can control and manipulate light. Okay. That was what I was looking for. Okay. <laughs> but it sounds like you have a lot more to talk about as to, like, what and where Nightlight is for and from. So, do you want to start with that? <laughs> yes. So, uh, for, like I said, from the point when I listened to your uh, first guest, I've was thinking back about this character's origin. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that the what I thought was the first point wasn't actually the first point. He may, in fact, be my first original character, or at least related to it. Mind blow. <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of iterations uh, of this character. Um, so back when I was five or so, I have an older sister and a younger brother, and we lived on a five-acre property with no other kids around. So we would play with each other, you know, watch TV or whatever. And I'm not sure how I did it, but I convinced them to pretend to be a super team with me. So, uh, have you ever heard the quote from Neil Gaiman that says, when you're a creative type, until you find your own voice, you're going to sound like some other people? I have not. But oh. that is a that is a very good phrase. Yes. That well, you know Neil what? That, that should be that should be taught in art schools <laughs> because <laughs> that is very important to know. Yeah. So, stop me if you've heard this before, but our characters came from a planet called Kryptonoia, and it exploded, and we were the only survivors on a spaceship to Earth. Sounds a little bit familiar. <laughs> I know, completely original. It might be, you know. So, uh, my sister was Catwoman, uh, not, not the Batman Catwoman, a different Catwoman. I can't remember if she was a cat who was a woman, or if she was a lady dressed like a cat, uh, but she did have a pet cat herself named Thunder who could cause earthquakes with its tail. Okay. 
I know that was a thing. So I am hoping she was just a lady dressed like a cat, because if she's a cat who has a cat, that brings up some weird stuff like Mickey and Pluto and Goofy and so on. And that's too much to think about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Goofy, you must subjugate fellow dog Pluto. (laughs) It's not okay. I don't know. Is it because he doesn't have hands? That's That seems really rude, because he could clearly understand the things you're saying to him. Yeah. But whatever. That's that's a it's different whatever. podcast. <laughs> um, so my sister was Catwoman, and she had a kitty cat. I think that's why she was willing to play with me as a superhero, because she got to be outside with the cat. The cat mm-hmm. was played by our cat named John, who was this giant Maine Coon. And that cat was awesome. Aww. Maine uh, Coons are great. They're so good. Um, so my little brother, um, he had like a weird way of speaking. So he was super soldier, but I always heard it as super shoulder. So I drew him drastically different than how he probably envisioned him. Uh, he had rather large shoulders. I think I gave him epaulets as well. Nice. Hard to say. And then my character was laser. I carried a sword, and I could shoot lasers out of it. Kind of on brand for me. Yep. Yeah, very on brand for you. (laughs) There's a couple things I care about a lot, and it's light and swords. Yep. Um, (laughs) So, uh, I don't remember if we had a specific villain when we played. uh, When... It may have just been a generic guy that we titled Bad Boss. I don't know how much deeper it went than that. But I know we fought a lot of robots because Ninja Turtles taught me it's okay to stab robots. Just go nuts on them. It's fine. You can stab robots on TV. You can decapitate robots on TV because they don't bleed. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with them. the 2012 Ninja Turtle series, but there's a scene where Raphael takes a sigh and stabs a Foot Clan robot in th- through his forehead and into a wall. And it's... aggressive. Uh, yes. <laughs> More so than I would have reckoned. <laughs> uh, the sword that I used when we would play was actually one of the Ninja Turtle ones that had... Uh, it was a Leonardo sword and it had Ninja Turtles written down the side of it, so... That links also, all together as well. Also very on brand for you. <laughs> yeah, I like noble characters what carry swords. That's kind of my thing. So, uh... <laughs> nothing really came of this character when, aside from us occasionally playing superheroes or whatever. And I kind of sat on it. Uh, I'm. This was kind of like the Golden Age version of Nightlight. And then when the 90s came, uh... A guy named Jim Lee was drawing everything for Marvel. so the, And the X-Men cartoon came out, and it was all based on those drawings. So that was the thing I was most familiar with and was desperately trying to emulate. So when the, ni- like, <laughs> when the 90s came about, I gave Nightlight a... Or not Nightlight, I gave Laser a makeover. So he had a brand new look and backstory and he had a lightsaber, or excuse me, a legally distinct laser sword, uh, and a laser pointer laser shooting thing. Like a laser... I don't know if it hit anywhere else, but when I was in 7th-ish grade? 7th grade. Everybody had a laser pointer. I don't know why, but we did. 
so he he got a new look it was i was i hadn't found my own style of drawing yet so i was trying to do the jim lee art so he was way over designed too many colors too many seams he had rocket boots with thick soles on his shoes so he could land and not break his ankles it was he had a mm-hmm. he had a Kyle Rayner crab mask. It was it was a mess. Okay. Uh it was it was real bad. He was also a billionaire. He didn't have any actual powers. He just built stuff. And, okay. Uh, oh, young me. What are you what are you doing? You're not you're not doing it right, man. It's okay. <laughs> this is not a podcast for judgment. <laughs> yeah. Uh so he he was the 90s that we don't really look back on, kind of like how Wolverine lost his nose for a while. We just don't talk about it. He did. His adamantium got sucked out of him by Magneto, and his healing factor went into overdrive, and so for some reason it took his nose away. It, yeah, we don't talk about it. That's why you don't. That's why you're giving me that quizzical look because it's okay. insane. X Men. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, uh, I kind of put this you know laser back up on the shelf because i didn't really have anything to do with them i I mean there are so many like abandoned comics that i've started uh you know you know how it goes i very much so know how that goes (laughs) (laughs) but when i entered high school uh i met my co-host on my podcast uh his name's jake and X-Men Evolution had just come out, and I was watching a lot of Static Shock. Oh, man. Static Shock. That show is so awesome. It is. Uh, Philomar at his best. Uh, and Jake asked me what my superpower would be. And I thought about it, and there's a character who's a bad guy on Static Shock who has photonic energy weapons. And I super liked that. And it kind of went up with my being able to have a laser sword thing. So that's what I chose. And... And I was like, well, that's basically Laser, but I renamed him Photon, and instead of being a random superhero out in the world, he was an X-Man. So, I took all of my friends, figured out what superpowers they would want, or what would fit them, and made my own X-Men team, and called them the Next Men. Uh, I I did that too with my friends, but I didn't, like, make us... Actually, no, wait. I did make one of my high school choir ensembles into a full superhero team. <laughs> Delightful. It, it, was... Overall, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. I got it somewhere. But. <laughs> so, yes, I have done the same thing. Of, I'm going to give all my friends superpowers now. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So, uh, with this, like, rebranding, I guess is the word, he got a new costume, and he actually... Instead of being a guy with a laser sword and a laser gun, for lack of a better term, uh, he you know could now control light and absorb light and shoot light in laser beams and stuff. Um, and the next man went up against a lot of sentinels, and I had like this you know they went out into space and I fought apocalypse. And all this other stuff and a bunch of other stories that never really got written all the way out or drawn completely because that's kind of how I did. I know that feel. <laughs> Band y'all takes a lot of time uh you know when you're in high school. Mm-hmm. Um but uh but yeah, so <clears throat> 
from there, uh, like college came around and I kind of put everything up on the shelf again because nothing had ever got completed and nobody else cared but me. <laughs> and um, I, I now this was much later. Like I was working a couple of jobs and I just needed a creative outlet of some sort. And I had read like this trade paperback of something I think it was called Empire State, which was a autobiographical graphic novel that some guy did. Didn't really care for the story, but I liked the idea of doing a comic book about myself and some experiences I've had. So I figured uh, to help me work through some stuff, I would write a comic book and tell four different stories from four different genres. Like there was going to be a noir one, there was going to be a space one, there was going to be... What else was there? Uh, Like a fantasy one and a superhero one. And each of these stories was going to be based on a different girlfriend I had had in the past. Uh, you know, to to drive the plot like like you have. Yeah, you know, got to work through it somehow. And in it, uh, I've rebranded uh, Photon as Nightlight uh, because he's shedding his X-Men background. Okay. <laughs> and moving into his own thing. So, uh... I changed his powers a little bit, so now he can create solid light holographic stuff, mm-hmm. and he no longer, uh, like, the photon would have, like, a little speed boost as well when he was using his powers, and he had uh, an evil twin brother named Blacklight, and I threw that in the garbage, because that's where it belongs, <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> And Nightlight was uh, was was Blacklight a fan of like of like EDM and house music <laughs> and like going to raves and stuff. <laughs> he had a black trench coat or, and wore all black, so I don't know. Or was Blacklight a fan of like those roller skating rinks where all they have is like Blacklight? <laughs> <laughs> that certainly could be. Uh, those t- they, they were out of or they were at odds, and their powers accidentally blew up the house, and that's why they went to the Xavier Institute. Okay. Oh, oh, sky of the past. <clears throat> but, uh... <laughs> so as Nightlight, I gave him a new background, or a new origin, rather. So instead of being a mutant, where you don't really have to explain why you have superpowers, uh, he interrupted a mugging, and in the process of trying to save this young lady, got the crap kicked out of him, and then she ended up saving him. Uh, and during the, the the beatdown that he was incurring, he accidentally got exposed to a substance from interdimensional travelers, and that's what gave him his superpowers. Okay. So, uh, it, it it's kind of an overly complicated story in retrospect, but that's how things are when you're trying to work through stuff. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> so ultimately what had happened was the interdimensional travelers were fu- trying to find their version of, uh, let's say Hitler. It was either Hitler or Stalin. I don't remember which, um, who they were trying to banish through to a completely uninhabited dimension so that he couldn't rain any more terror on anyone and probably die. Um, yeah. 
and their their version of Earth is actually like two or three si- times bigger than ours. So he's extra strong, also. Um, okay. So somebody goofed up and put a wrong decimal somewhere, so he ended up here. So they were trying to find him, and in the process, I got exposed to a thing, or excuse me, uh, <laughs> I think at this time his name was Scott, uh, got exposed to something, because uh, whenever I tell somebody my name is Sky, they go, oh, Scott? It's like, yeah, just spelled and pronounced completely differently. Why aren't you listening to the words I'm saying? I, I know. I know that struggle. So, Space Hitler... Uh, Wants to find his way back to his home dimension so he can rule it or take it over and whatever. And in the process, Nightlight uh, has to stop him and defend both or all realities, I guess. Um, so we started doing, or like a year ago, I was like, hey, I want to do a, a superhero role-playing game. And then a bunch of people were like, let's do that. And I was like, I didn't expect it to go anywhere. I was just saying, I want to do this thing. And then it happened. So I finally got an excuse to use a character I've been sitting on for my entire life, I guess. Uh, So his powers have changed a little bit again. Uh, He can now see into different spectrums of light and... uh, What else? I don't know. I think that's the only major thing that's different. He can also create life-like holograms and solid light projections and laser swords and lasers in general. And, uh, (laughs) yes, you could do that as well. Uh, in our game, I once attached a sidecar to a Hayabusa motorcycle, much to the chagrin of my counterpart. (laughs) But I wasn't getting on the back if I could make a sidecar! You thinking, man? Yeah, that's that's fair. He <laughs> he dealt with it. <laughs> he did. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy playing him. That pretty much brings us up to date. He uh, like I've written a bunch of stories about him, uh, where he has fought vampires, and that's in the uh, Worlds in Peril game. It asks you for a major event that helped define your character. And I was like, well, there is a, an interdimensional vampire incursion and he saved the town, uh, by creating like a light barrier that spanned six blocks and saved a whole bunch of people. And that's one of the major things he's done. And that's <laughs> in story. He wanted to be known as the light Smith, but, uh, the press goofed it up or didn't care. And instead started calling him nightlight. And he was just like, you know what? Fine. That's fine. Let's just go with that, then. (laughs) Good times. Indeed. Um, Yeah, I have this very... Not really lengthy, but I have this story where there's a young lady who uh, is walking home from a diner. Uh, She took a double shift, and she's leaving later than she normally does, and she gets accosted by a guy... And this other guy runs up and saves the day, like, saves her from being assaulted. And he, in order to make her feel better, takes her out to a different diner and, you know, buys her pie and they talk. And she starts feeling, you know, feelings for him and whatever. (laughs) He walks her back to her apartment and ends up, he was working with the other guy and he's a vampire and he's planning to kill her and eat her because endorphins in the blood make it taste better. And at that point, I... You know, happen by, and I notice that there are vampires, and I turn them all into dust. 
and I'm like, are you okay to the girl? Do you, do you want to, do you need something? Do you want to go? And she just dead, you know, deadpan, no expression, just turns around and walks away and into her building. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. And just go about the rest of my night. I keep saying I, that's going to happen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. This is a podcast about original characters and self-inserts, so... Uh, so hopefully he's good now, and he's a self-insert for sure, and hopefully his late 90s era Jim Lee style was the bad. And we cannot look at that anymore. Everyone has an awkward face. <laughs> Indeed. Oh yeah. So, I think I know the answer to this already. But what does Nightlight look like? Well, C- current he, Nightlight, he, he, since we've already talked a little bit about how past iterations look. Yeah. Uh, he bears a striking resemblance to me. What a he, surprise. Uh, brown-haired, brown-haired gentleman. Um I think in game I decided he's 27. I forget. That's not that important. Uh he creates Kind of like a Green Lantern, he creates his costume using his powers. So that can look pretty much however he wants. And he's, I'm honestly, I'm not super happy with the design I have for him right now. So I'm kind of playing with it. And the character himself uh, was a graphic designer until he went to photonic engineering at Kirby Lee University. Um, so he's constantly like he he can update his costume and change it however he likes. Like let's say it's October, he can turn it pink for breast cancer awareness <laughs> to spread uh, you know information throughout Eon City. Yeah, <laughs> you know that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, otherwise he's he's basically a hundred percent me, except he's more of a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like a, <laughs> he has uh, like a mask. His mouth is exposed, um, but his eyes are shielded. And because, of course, they are, I have they are animated uh, because he controls how they look, so they're animated. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like when you're dealing with superheroes in really any kind of visual medium, like it's very hard not to have characters who have masks have their masks adjust to I guess work with the expressions of the characters or anything because otherwise it's it's not impossible but it's hard to demonstrate emotion without moving facial muscles. Yeah, you, you either got Spider-Man or you got Batman. One of them has expressive eyes and one of them does not. But ba- Batman just has like no expressions. Exactly. So to begin with, so it doesn't really apply. <laughs> yeah, he's got the one angry. Yeah, yeah, but he has the one, which is angry, and there are no other expressions. Yeah, it's like all of those T-shirts that you see in like the men's sections of stores. It's like Batman angry, Batman happy, Batman sad. Yeah, those oh, ever so clever. Oh, yeah. But that's beside the point. Since um, Nightlight has had a couple of different versions of superpowers, what is your favorite, like, flavor of light-based superpowers that he's had? That's a good question. I 
rather enjoy that he can make holograms and project stuff that he wants. So in my head, as a graphic designer or an artist or whatever, he can basically make himself a stencil of the thing that he wants to make and then bam, easy art. So he could just basically, he already has it visualized out. So he doesn't need to, like he doesn't lose it from his brain and he can just project it. That's how exactly I want it to look. And then he can produce it from there. Oh my God. That is. I'm extremely jealous of the thing that I made up in my head. Oh, man, I would... <laughs> Success! You could just... I wouldn't have to worry about trying to find a reference for this exact pose. Yeah. Like, trying to take a picture of yourself in the pose <laughs> that you need. It's like, no, like I'm just going to project this thing and then I can move around the hologram so that yeah. I can see different yeah. perspectives. <laughs> Figuring how the light would strike it naturally might be a little tricky, but... Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You can do that later. It's fine. Yeah, you can do that in post. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that that is one of the things that I enjoy thinking about the most. Um, There's also, like, I, I like the idea that he has, like, the set it and forget it, where he can create a solid hologram or something flexible like his costume. So he could mm-hmm. potentially just have an empty apartment until he comes home and just make a bunch of couches and stuff. Yeah. That's always... Saves a lot of money on, like, furniture. Right? Mm-hmm. Um... In the game... It hasn't come up in our game yet, but he can also do, like, a uh, infrared kind of radar thing where he can shoot out the infrared beam it'll hit whatever and then he'll know what's in his radius so it will ping off anybody who's not currently being able to be seen okay stuff like that uh that is awful convenient and (laughs) we should definitely be making use of that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i tend to forget that i have that i tend to forget that he has that (laughs) yeah it's it's okay. I truthfully, you know what? I don't think I've gotten to use Violet Justice's like like force bullets or whatever. Like, <laughs> maybe once since we started playing. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? That's fine. That's fine because we have a whole bunch of other people in the team, and we cover a lot of good bases. Yeah, we're a very versatile team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that is probably my favorite aspect about the power set that he has is it's so versatile he could do a lot of stuff except fly that's the only thing he can't do mm-hmm. and he doesn't like killing so that hasn't really been an issue yet but yeah well i mean knowing knowing the knowing the genre of game that <laughs> we are in it is it will probably come up at some point uh, yeah probably yeah Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that has happened in my head that hasn't played out yet. Like, I want him at some point to do the uh, Resident Evil laser grid to cut something into tiny squares. Oh, okay. I am not familiar with Resident Evil. I was in the trailer a lot, so if you remember anything, it's probably that. 
I, I, I'm not big into horror in general, ah. so. <laughs> Fair enough. What else would you like to know about him? What are some of the favorite things that you have had Nightlight do, whether in, in any existing continuity that he's been in? Well, there was a moment when we were in-game, and we needed a distraction. So in the game, we slash I decided that he's a media darling, and the town people love him, so we needed a distraction. So he dropped down in front of the building that we were breaking into, and he started projecting the whatever equivalent of Pixar that we have in-game. Uh, started projecting those characters and was just having fun with the kids and like making a jungle gym out of light and you know giving the kids a good time that was pretty fun the the story that i had in my head for the semi-autobiographical graphic novel that i wanted to do Mm -hmm. um ended with a line i was really proud of at the time where (laughs) where all this time i always wanted to be a superhero but turns out i just wanted to be an action hero the action hero gets the girl in the end. And that's, oh, poor, what are you doing? What are you doing, oh, Sky? That's sad. I know. <laughs> in a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, but it's fine. I don't know. I just, I uh, <laughs> really enjoy uh, again, while we were playing in game, we were being invaded by interdimensional force uh soul invictus we sure were yeah and uh they were based on light and i was the only one who could really have an effect on them because my powers were especially set so i just created a big old rainbow buster sword it was just going (laughs) just going to town going off on them it was great and i got to annoy uh, one of our characters pretty significantly by projecting iconography all over their stuff, and it was fun. <laughs> oh yeah, well, you 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 get too annoyed. You you have not annoyed. You continue to annoy, <laughs> but it's very good. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Nightlight is basically me. He basically has my personality, except he's a lot more confident because he can handle basically everything, and like. He's used to everybody liking him anyway, so he just does stuff that he feels like doing. It, it usually works out. <laughs> that's true, and I'm sure that's not going to come up at all nah, in the game. Why would it? <laughs> but I, I think that's why I, I enjoy him as much as I do, because he's just an extension of me, and he gets to say and do the stuff that I'd like to do. I think that's very well put. <laughs> um, I know that you men- you mentioned that uh, obviously Nightlight has been a character that you played as with your siblings, and an X Man, and a character of a focal character in a semi autobiographical graphic novel, and uh, now character in Worlds of Peril. Um, but you mentioned that you've used Nightlight in some capacity in like written fiction. So what's the story with that? Uh, if there is a story. There's not really one. It's just the kind of like uh, writing a script or uh, 
you know, Thora comic or some such. Uh, the the story I I did about the the woman you know getting accosted by vampires was more of just a story than it was for our, like a comic script, but um, I don't get to write as much as I'd like to, and when I have the time, I don't remember that that's what I wanted to do because mm-hmm. there's other stuff to do. Same. Yeah. Because um, like he. The current incarnation gets to travel around uh, basically by the Rainbow Road, like you said earlier. Uh, he uh, briefly was going to study architecture or whatever, and so and he had a, a certain fondness for Roman architecture. So he's constantly building like Roman columns with an uh, aqueduct kind of looking thing to travel around on and you know walk through the city and you know go out on patrol and such. I forgot where I was going with this. What was the question? Um, written fiction. Written fiction. Uh, I don't know. There, there, there's just a, a vast uh, wealth of stuff that I have in my head, but never actually put to paper. Like every creative person. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> like, I, I wrote uh, a short comic documenting how he first interacted with a different character on the team of the New Centurions, which is our superhero team in Worlds of Peril. Um, but I never really got further than that. <laughs> I'm curious as to which character this is. Oh, uh, how I met Romulus. Because <laughs> in, in the game, you also need uh, to document how you know and your relationships with the other characters are and structure of is it bonds is that the name of the it is game? yeah bonds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get everybody together um but no. romulus is basically our batman uh but uh wolf themed instead mm-hmm. but doesn't like the wolf iconography which is why i'm constantly covering them in it yep uh so in this in the story I happened upon like a weapons deal at the docks in Aeon City. And because weapons are bad and hurt people, I went in to go bust it up. So I drop down into there and I, you know, destroy the weapons and I fight the goons and I take out the henchmen, but there's somebody there from the higher ups and he his name is Glassjaw and he works for the Glass Menage or the Crystal Menagerie. <laughs> Which is a crime syndicate somewhere in Aeon City or maybe a different city. I haven't decided yet. So this dude is basically made of clear acrylic. So nothing I do hurts him because it passes straight through him. So I can't touch him and I'm staying high up so he can't actually. And he passes through the columns and stuff I'm making. So it becomes kind of a standoff where I'm trying to drop stuff on him and he's trying to throw things at me. And eventually it comes to a point where I, he knocks me down and I'm I'm there. Then Romulus appears out of nowhere, shatters him, yep, scoops him up, and then it's like, that's how that's done, nerd. And I'm like, well, thanks yep. thanks for your help. <laughs> you definitely nailed the, uh, def- if, not the, if not the character voice, you definitely nailed the player voice on that <laughs> line. 
Yeah. So Romulus was there the whole time, of course, trying to keep tabs on this, and they were going to shut it down, but they wanted to know who was buying and so on. And I bungled the operation, but I did, uh, you know, try to do the right thing. So they're super annoyed with me because I haven't been doing this that long at this point. Uh, so they're annoyed with me, but they didn't kill me, so I guess we're cool. Yeah. <laughs> and they do the thing where I'm talking to them, but look away for a second. When I turn back, they're gone. Aw, like any good batman <laughs> That is correct. Say that five times fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was it was actually one of my favorite parts of the game was coming up with all of the backstories uh, and how we interacted with one another. Uh, one of our characters is kind of common uh, writer themed and the general populace doesn't trust them. Uh, and yeah. I happened upon them while they were uh, trying to take down some sort of biological monster growing facility, which was cleverly disguised as a baby formula factory. So in order to take the place down, like they needed uh, the, the common Rider person needed to get in there and bust it up with their motorcycle and stuff. So I made them a sweet ramp to get their motorcycle to smash through some windows and stuff while I dealt with that everybody outside including the media so it looked like they blew up a baby formula factory ah uh, but they're really taking down the monsters see i don't think i've actually heard that part oh really before. yeah <laughs> that yep. is that's why the mask dragon is so not beloved yeah yeah i that's something the having like the relationship between characters mechanic is something that I really enjoy with like Worlds in Peril and like um, Monster of the Week that we use for one of my other podcasts um, Lost Library Grayscale because it's I mean when you're dealing with as many players as we have for Grayscale (laughs) it gets a lot yeah I can see that but when you're but when you're like trying to pick like we have for Worlds in Peril like oh like I'm gonna like I'm gonna pick three of these superheroes to have relationships with and here's our connections like yeah. that's that's always super helpful it saves it saves you some stress with trying to improvise <laughs> right well like uh our characters rela- relationship is fun to me too because uh violet justice is i see as like my little sister like mm-hmm. i was strolling through the the city one day when you made your debut and all of a sudden i saw this green teenager on a tower and I just walk over to you and you're like you're not a bad guy right and then we just ended up getting coffee or whatever yeah (laughs) in the super world if you see a purple person on a tower it's usually a bad thing yeah that's true primary colors are for heroes tertiary colors are for the bad guys oh god I didn't even think about that (laughs) oops (laughs) oh well that's why I asked She's on the album art for Wayward. She's not changing anytime soon. <laughs> That's fair. She'd also ha- she'd have to change her name also if she changed it to... That's very true. Peach <laughs> Justice! Oh, God. Oh, no, that's still tertiary. No. no, Peach Justice doesn't even roll off the tongue. No. And Red Justice sounds communistic. It does. And, and Yellow Justice is just, eh. And Blue Justice... I'm not touching that ball of wax with a ten foot stick. <laughs> a lot 
of idioms. <laughs> Oops. So, out of curiosity, since since Nightlight has gone through so many different incarnations and uses and powers, any guesses as to where you might take him next? I don't know. I the dream of, of course is to put him in a comic and actually complete it and have it be real. Instead of just a thing that I draw all the time. <coughs> um, but I'm not a super strong writer. I think I I think I'm better at punch up than I am at, at actually writing. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I I know that we are kind of planning to do something with our supers world, and I hope that uh, that actually happens. There, yeah, well, easy, ideas are easy. It's the follow through and the the work that's hard. Um, Preach. <laughs> I I would love I would love to have him have his own comic. That would be great. And if that could be my job, that would be even greater. Now, if you had to take Nightlight to a comic, I could I will come back to um like what it might be got, what it might. Would you have nightlight? He would work. Well, I mean, I did make him an X Man for a while, but I could see him working in Image, like as a part of the Invincible universe, even though that's done now. Because I really like the chord that Invincible struck between, you know, fun and horrifically violent and touching and, you know, all, all of the elements of life that actually really worked well in that medium. So, uh, that would be good. I, I would like to see him in an image. I would like to see him in an image comic. Get it together, Ertl. fine, but now it's like you're according to me from the cave. <laughs> is it an echo? No, no, I mean just like how dark it is oh, behind oh. you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it got night a little. And my curtains were drawn, so it was extra it dark. We are now podcast hermits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm comfortable with that. Look, if I can interact with the world where they can hear me say things, but not be able to interrupt me, and I don't have to talk to them. That's great. <laughs> I work retail, so. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, before I ask you the last question, um, anything else that you want to talk about about Nightlight? I think I got it all. Um, he can make all the stuff he wants to make. <laughs> he focuses on swords, if you can believe it. Um... <laughs> no, I think I, I think I got it all. Cool. Okay, so last question then. Uh, why do you love Nightlight so much? <laughs> well, I mean, he's got the power set that I want the most. He is able to do good in his community. He uh, can use 
his powers to earn money and stuff. Like in the game, I have him running lights for high, pr- uh, not high priced, but like venues for concerts and stuff. So he can just mm-hmm. make awesome light shows and so on, or he can get involved in art and make like specific things that he'd like to and so on and so forth. It just, I really want those abilities and I would want to have the impact that he can have. You know, help those that need help, inspire those that maybe like in it's going to get a little real here for a sec. In the comic, in my head, when he's out on patrol, he happens upon this girl uh, like he's just on like he's on top of a roof and she happens to glance out through her bathroom window and see him and in a mo- for a moment she's like hey you pervert what are you doing he's like oh no 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 i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i was just walking by and then i got lost cuz i'm not on the ground and i can't carry my cell phone and blah 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 and like she's just happened on his regular uh you know patrol route and they become friends but only as like she's a civilian and he's a superhero and they only know each other as such. Uh, and then like we find out later and down the line that he, uh, when he first surprised her and she yelled at him, she was actually planning to OD. And then, you know, he helped her just by becoming her friend as a superhero. He helped her work through some bad stuff in her life and that sort of thing. Um, you know, just a, a minor side note i guess uh, in the stories that happen but i just <laughs> i guess ultimately i want to be a bringer of light to people <laughs> if you can ignore the terrible pun i just made i'm i'm ignoring the pun and i was more so appreciating the fact that you say you want to be a bringer of light <laughs> as you sit in the, the dark illuminated is the window above your head <laughs> Look, the lamp is all the way over there. It's like three feet to the left, and I'm not getting up. It's okay, I'm not resin on you. <laughs> but yeah, that that's pretty much what I loved most about him, is that he just does what he can to help the people that he can. Does what he can to help all of the people that he can. That doesn't sound right in my as I say it out loud. Yeah, it parses. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today, Sky. I really appreciated it, and I enjoyed hearing all about <laughs> Nightlight. Oh, thank you so much for having me, because this has just been welling up with inside me, I don't know, for three months? Two months? A while. Um, I talked, I first put this out. I, I put the I first put the announcement out in November, so like six months. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it's been a bit. It has been a bit. <laughs> okay, so uh, is there anything that you would like to promote, Sky, or where can you be found on the internet if you would like to be found? Yeah, uh, I run a podcast with my friend Jake. We watch a thing from our youth and see how it stands up. Spoiler: It doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it's called Pop Culture Failure. You can follow us at uh, Failed Pop Culture with Noe at the end. Um, right now we're doing Animorphs, which uh, 
the Nickelodeon series. It's not that great. Surprise! <laughs> um, you can follow me. I'm at Sandwich Surplus. And I'm also a part of a actual play Pokemon RPG um, called Pokemon Mind and Body. Um, there aren't that many episodes out, but uh, we should have more coming soon. And I think that's pretty much all of the places you can find me. The Home for Wayward OCs can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our theme song is Violet by Pottington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. You can also email us at WaywardOCPod at gmail.com. We are always looking for guests to talk about their original characters, so drop us a line if you're interested. And uh, since we are still a fairly new podcast, um, it would be extremely helpful if you can subscribe and rate us, like drop some stars or whatever, on your listening platform of choice. Uh, Especially because uh, I haven't checked platforms besides Apple Podcasts. But right now we have exactly two ratings, one of which is Sky's. Thank you, Sky. Uh, and, uh, yeah, well, now you are. Um, but if those of you listening uh, could rate us or review us, rate us and review us, ideally both, um, that would be very helpful because then that bumps us up in the algorithms and helps us to find uh, more new listeners and brighten more people's day. So... Thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Wayward OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Ninja Turtles are my jam.